0: How's it going, Real Dealers? It's your man, Philip Hall. And before we begin today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout-out to our peeps over at Men's Trends. Men's Trends is a new clothing line on the market that specializes in the best workout attire for your next quarantine workout or gym workout wherever you are. Make sure to go follow them on Instagram at Men's Trends and also check out their line on menstrends.com. Make sure to use our code, the real Deal for you to get 25% off on your next purchase. Stay fit, stay strong, and always keep it real. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. How's it going, Real Dealers? It is your man, Philip Hall. And welcome to another Robert. episode. Yep, and Terrell Bird, My man, Terrell, he is back, like another half of the Real Deal Bro. He is back on yes, the Real yes. Deal Bro's podcast. This is episode... Yes,
1: sorry for going missing on you, man. It's been a busy few weeks for me trying to make the moves happen you know what I'm saying all right.
0: hey, man, it's all good it's all good man but yeah this is episode number eight of the real deal bros podcast and uh yeah of course you know we got our, our other half of the real deal bros real bird back from his uh, long way at hiatus but uh yeah we're uh he's back on definitely glad to have my my other real deal bro back on and uh yeah good man to see you again right away man yeah and yeah, man, it's really been a crazy week going on, like these past two weeks. Yeah, it's been like insane, dude. Just with, uh, you know, the George Floyd incident, just you know, also the, the Black Lives Matter movement that's been happening nationwide and around the world is definitely really opening a lot of, uh, a lot of eyes to people that haven't really been, you know, paying attention to racism that much. Or, and even with people just coming out and speaking about racism, like for right, for some people, it's the first time just talking about these things because there's been a lot of leaders in in the world that have been keeping quiet about these situations that mm-hmm. pop up, and, uh, including Lebanon. Mm, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Even countries that don't really speak much about racism or about you know just inequality, they're starting to come out more. There's people in these countries that are also protesting, and it's definitely really. This I feel like right now this is like the biggest movement or biggest civil rights movement that I've seen in a while. I mean, you go back to, you know, the abolishment of slavery, you go back to the Jim Crow era and, you know, it's like the civil rights era. It's just, yeah, it's just so much that's taking place right now. I feel like this is like the 2020 or like the modern day version of what Dr. King marched for and what Malcolm X spoke about and what, you know, Nelson Mm -hmm. Mandela was speaking about too. I mean, there's just so much that's been going on in, in this country, like for the past few weeks in, in regards to social injustice. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but, you know, I feel like just what, what I've been seeing, there is going to be a lot of change and I've been seeing a lot of progress that's being, being made in these protests that are going around the country. And, you know, just all these people speaking about, about, you know, social injustice and just giving their thoughts on how they feel about the George Floyd incident that took place in Minneapolis a week ago. And, uh, yeah. hmm
1: mm-hmm. And and that was a really unfortunate event that was completely unnecessary. And the fact that he had a daughter hurts me the most. Mm -hmm. It wounds me deeply because no child should ever grow up without a father. I mean, that's the reason why you have parents, Mm. you know? And um, I'm not saying that, you know, there aren't other children who feel. Who feels that pain and who doesn't feel that pain but the point i'm trying to make is you should have humanity and then get shit done but have some humanity in the process <laughs> you know right. what i mean right and then you know there there are older people saying to the kids who are protesting peacefully peacefully mm-hmm. protesting even mm-hmm. though there's rioting going on but peacefully protesting nonetheless who are the real ones actually on the front line getting shit done? Like, no one else is gonna do it. And a friend of mine, he even he even he even participates in it. He said, if I don't do it, who will? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's really what what's being died right now. I mean, like, you, you, like for for those that follow me on Instagram, you, you like you saw the post of me, you know, holding hands with my mom, like. Like like earlier this week, I like there was a solidarity march for George floyd here in, that happened here in Oakland, and it was probably like they said that it was about sixteen thousand people that showed up to that protest march, and it was
1: seventeen thousand they left out they left that out just for the record, only because the media didn't want to
0: Yeah, the they flame they, they yeah like I mean I feel like the the media- cause, like later that night actually when when me and my mom when we came back home, I turned on the news just to <laughs> like the rest of the protests and how it went and and it, what really shocked me is that some channels they only show the the negative side they only show like rioters and looters uh, but not the whole protest and i i was very like i was really upset by that because they they left out what that they left out one thing that the media should be covering and that's like the positive side of the process and
1: not so yes, much the and there and on that <clears throat> excuse me and on that note, I think I may have struck a nerve with the army and the, and the National Guard <laughs> because um, I was starting to see, you know, soldiers actually participating with the protesters and trying to let them know that they come in peace, but they're also here to hold the line just in case things get out of hand. And a few things got out of hand and they were able to contain it. So I respect them for that. And uh, to my brother, Santiago Romero, love you, buddy, second lieutenant. Um, there yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, like, yeah, I, I gotta give uh, respect to those
0: uh, you know those people in uniform that have been doing the right thing you know like whether it's pr- uh, marching with protesters or, like, like kneeling with protesters or just showing like some sign of peace toward protesters. I feel like those mm-hmm. are the people that need to be highlighted more by the media instead of the police officers that are like beating up on protesters or it, like and, well, it was even crazy like I've heard in, like certain cities, there's police officers that are actually like the suspects that have been starting uh, starting riots and starting, you know, looting, you know, like they're going mm-hmm. around, uh, they're going around stores, smashing windows and kind of encouraging people to like say, hey, you know, come and those, do stuff. like, hey, like this, this stuff is uh, for you now, come and grab it. And I'm like, nah, like that's
1: that's not the yeah. way. It. But, and here's another thing I found interesting and that the media refused to cover. The um, you know how they call troublemakers those inciters? Mm-hmm. Some of them actually worked for the police force, believe it or not. Hmm. And that's what really gets me the most. I'm thinking, oh, so they tried to fan the flames. Okay, they tried to add fuel to the fire, but it didn't work. It yeah. did not work. Notice that. Yeah, it's- And then I noticed, <sighs> I noticed there are even gang members starting to unite. And oh that- yeah. That's I- like I- wow. And that's major. It. You really know things are bad if you if you have gang members coming together. Like even the Amish, mm-hmm. all people started yeah. to like chime in. How bad has this country screwed up? If you got the Amish and all gang members across the country starting to unite?
0: Man, it's like that. That's the crazy part. Like so much stuff had to happen, where you know you had to bring. Like I remember. There was this one clip I saw. There was like this. There was this. Yeah, I remember this one clip I saw. There's this guy in a Batman suit. He came out and protested. And then, like, yeah, like like you said, the Amish are protesting. Like, like even like well known gangs are starting to unite and come together. I mean, like that kind of because all of this really reminds me of what happened to to um Rodney King back in 1991. Like, like when like when the Rodney King incident happened, and then like a year later when the verdict was announced that. The police officers were not guilty of of, of brutality, and then like the whole. Thing. And my father was there
1: during that time. He can actually tell me a story about what really happened.
0: hmm Yeah, and like even with that, like you had the Crips and the Bloods, they were coming together, and
1: that's what shocked me the most. Yeah. <laughs> you, by the way, much respect for you know doing something so brave. I mean, damn. It. Yeah. Ooh. Um.
0: Yeah 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 but uh yeah like all that's been going on I feel like you know not only is it just people coming out like you know you have well known celebrities you have music artists coming about out about you have uh community leaders coming out about but you also have some athletes that are also speaking about about this but the sport that LeBron James mhm yeah shout out to LeBron shout out to you know, like all all, like all the other athletes that are speaking out about, you know, the George Floyd incident, given their perspective on
1: social uh, justice. Mm-hmm. Including J. Cole. Even J. Cole decided to participate, including oh, yeah. Kiki Palmer. Mm-hmm. Wait, Travis Scott participated. Wait, no, I don't recall Travis Scott being there. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. recall, but I could be wrong. But
0: yeah, like there, there's been some really, celebrities marching out down the streets for protests. I think that's very powerful. And you know, just knowing how much they, they contribute to society and really just the pop culture aspect of, of America. And just the fact that they don't, they don't feel as vulnerable to, you know, go out and march in the streets for protesters or to even speak about on their social media, you know, definitely shows that they're not just the rich and like artists or, you know, like athletes that you see, they're all like, they're human. Like, and I I, sp- I speak about this all the time. Like when I, Mm-hmm. I don't think of, I don't think of athletes as robots. I think I'm of, thinking of them as human because you know they, they do like even though like yeah they make a lot of money they're on camera all the time and they have these very extravagant jobs, they still have to live human life as an American. You know, they have to pay bills, they have to they have families, you now they have to put food on the table, you know, they have to drive their kids to school. Like, you know, they, they do everything that everyday civilians do, but they just do it in a much more um Sophisticated way, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. The correct word would be sophisticated way, and yeah, you know, I, I feel like yeah, it's, it's it is it is good to have those type of people that to speak out about these things. But um, mm-hmm. the one sport that I really want to highlight with this
1: and is NASCAR, and NASCAR most definitely. Um, I think Kyle Busch, you know, spoke out about this, and he says, you know, what's happening. I'm paraphrasing what he said because I don't know. How he would feel if I, you know, repeated what he said exactly. So I'm going to paraphrase it. What's happening in this country, you know, it's wrong. Everybody is a human being and has the right to life. You know, what happened to Mr. Floyd and to his family was totally inhumane, it was not necessary. So it feels good to see like everyone coming together, standing peacefully, and at least trying to mitigate the damage. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah,
0: but um, and I feel like with with how NASCAR is, and you know, there's probably people that are gonna you know, watch this or see this how this feels like, oh, NASCAR, like, what's Why are Two black, black guys, uh, doing talking about NASCAR <laughs> because they know it's, because, because like, you know, NASCAR, obviously, man. you know, NASCAR right now in America still has that label of being, you know, like a white sport, like sport for rednecks, uh, racist sport, but. The really the truth about about it is is that there is some diverse faces in the sport. I mean, like I like like you, you could you know date that date, date back to us like, you mm-hmm. know like for like, uh, like I guess I can Wendell start off. Yeah, you start with Wendell Scott. You know, Bill Lester, like Willie T. Bubba Wallace. Yeah, Bubba Wallace, our uh, current driver uh, right now of African American descent. So really? The, I mean, the list can go on and on. right now, and um, yeah, but yeah, I feel like from a fan perspective. I kind of haven't really gotten that sense of racism and NASCAR per se, because I'm um, like, you know, me being from California and, you know, California being like a very like liberal or, you know, like, yeah, liberal state. And like, yeah, NASCAR only comes to California. Well now like they only come two times a year. They hold, hold a race at Owl Club Speedway down Fontana, California. And of course, you know, they also host a race at a Sonoma Raceway, which is like, like about, couple hours away from me and yeah mm-hmm. you know like and like and I, i've been i've been the racist before like with my dad you know just growing up and you know i never really had that sense of racism but you know again like you also think, you have to think at the time like i was i was very little and you know i can you know mm-hmm. i was at an age where i can't even spell racism or i didn't really pay attention to it that much but as i've well, grown older you knew it was just nascar and
1: just go out and play I mean that's
0: yeah, all yeah. that's what we all do exactly yeah I feel like yeah you know as a kid as a white kid growing up in America you know like when you're like really little it just started coming up you don't really think about racism that's not what's on your mind but as you grow older mm-hmm. and see all the problems that are happening within the country you start to put into perspective like yeah they I like why do people like see me as an issue or why do like what, what when, when why do like white people or why do people of other, other color look at me funny and you know and yeah it just it, it, it's really about maturing and understanding of, of the social issues that every black person in america has, has had to face
1: you know just because of the color of their skin mm-hmm. but, um, i, 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 I want to um, cover another i want to cover another um motorsport you're a fan mm-hmm. of dirt bikes right oh, i yeah, love dirt.
0: Definitely. oh yeah definitely is awesome
1: And my favorite dirt bike racer is James Stewart Jr. Mm, Heard about him. He is awesome. Like, his skill is unlike any other. I mean, I know he probably, you know, might watch this and think, well, what have I done? I haven't really spoken anything about this. Well, from one individual to another, I see him for the greatness entirely. And I feel like the rest of the country should see greatness within each other. And maybe we might not clash as much, but it's Mm -hmm. going to take some time. Like I said, you know, trying to get reform is going to be no easy feat. It's not going to be easy. I mean, there will be challenges like this one. Mm -hmm. What's going on currently? That's a challenge. But that doesn't mean it's going to set us back 300 years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I also kind of want to highlight um, Lewis Hamilton too, the like formula one driver. Uh, like mm-hmm. I think like from what I've been seeing, cause you know, I follow these guys on Instagram and, and I'm like, you know, I'm scrolling through and seeing like, Oh, like what they've been saying. And I think really Lewis Hamilton was the first um, r- race car driver that like, actually spoke out about it. I think it took, it took Bubba Wallace kind of a minute to understand or try to figure out what he was going to say to the media. But, um, uh, but I feel like he's been doing it in, in the right way because like, I, I remember like this whole week I've been seeing Bubble Wallace on interviews like on NASCAR race up or on NASCAR America and people like, like even other drivers in NASCAR, they've been coming to him uh, to talk about, talk about this, this whole issue. I, I like, I remember like that, that video that I sent you like a few days ago when Ty, mm-hmm. Dillon, yeah, when Ty Dillon, when he came to Bubble Wallace talking about like, you know, like his, his experience or like, you know, ha- having a chat about his experience growing up and uh you know, growing up in racing and having to deal with racism pretty much his whole his whole career. And you know, just and just and what Ty Dillon really emphasized was that he learned a lot from speaking with Bubba Wallace about, you know, what what it was like being racist. Because, you know, like obviously Ty Dillon, you know, is a white white driver, but again mm-hmm. he he's also he's still a good like, driver. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's good. He he's got some talent. It's just he's He's also the type of person that's willing to open up about you know topics uh, such as this, and you know even like drivers like Jimmy Johnson or uh ryan blaney chase Elliott um and a few other drivers out there they they've been coming to Bubble Wallace and saying like, hey, man, like even though i I'm not black or I didn't grow up you know having to deal with racism in my whole career in racing, what should I do to show awareness or?" You know, talk about and come out about these about these things that are happening in the country, and you know, I, I feel like yeah, that's one thing you got to highlight too. And I, I think another thing I want to add on to that is that I remember I watched, I was watching an interview. I think Dale Earnhardt, Earnhardt Junior. He had Bubba Wallace on his podcast a few days ago, and Bubba. Oh uh, yeah, he, he saw that. Yeah, that, that was, was
1: a really interesting talk.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, it was very cr- interesting. It was crazy because. Well, like what Bo Wallace said, he actually spoke out about um, the experience about, that he had about his, his, his cousin uh, being murdered by a police officer. And you know, and just knowing that he's had that experience growing up where he's had somebody in his family that has been, has been a victim of police brutality. And you know, it gets like, and that, 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 that caught me off guard, I, like that surprised me because I was thinking, well, I thought uh, Wallace, he came from like a no well-to-do you know, fam- uh, black family but it turns out that he's had that same experience that like a lot of other black uh, African Americans in America have had they've had a they've had a family member that's been a victim of you know police brutality or they had like a very close friend that's been a victim of police brutality. And just him speaking about that, especially you know with none of us having any knowledge of that, I mean it definitely shows that, man, this is the guy that NASCAR needs to go to uh, when it comes to social injustice
1: absolutely and on that note he also spoke out about how it not only hurts but it it also hurts to see how police brutality can just go unscathed Mm -hmm. how most people can just get a tap on the wrist and just say oh it was self-defense or oh there was a very special factor when it was actually just murder and as a black nascar fan i'm actually glad he brought those points up because not many people talk about this and they're too afraid to just bring it up. I mean, our first amendment is free speech. Mm -hmm. Is it not? So if you have enough free speech to talk about everything else, why couldn't you bring those points up? Why couldn't you bring those very important aspects about this nation into light?
0: That's the real
1: question I have.
0: I mean, again, it dates back to the vulnerability that most athletes have, you know, there, there are certain like like even athletes of color, like they're, they're very vulnerable to like to situations involving social injustice that, you know, it's hard for them to speak out about because again, you got mm-hmm. one side that, that agrees with him and then you got another side that may not disagree with him. And I, I'll, I'll even use this as an example. Like, like, I, like you probably heard what happened with uh, Drew, Drew Brees, right?
1: Yep. I heard yeah. about it. No, oh, yeah, Drew Brees he did the right thing. Yeah, I, I mean, he didn't—he didn't harm anyone.
0: I, I mean, well, like Drew Brees, he—he he did kind of like. Well, actually, you no, know, I—I just found out today that he actually did issue an apology on his Instagram, saying that he owned up to what he said. But uh, for for those that don't know, uh, about yesterday or like a few days ago, Drew Brees said on social media or said to a few news outlets saying that, oh, like I never. Like read of anybody like just, like just paraphrasing. I'm not saying I, I don't know what he said exactly verbatim, but he said something that uh, was in relation to. Oh, I don't. I don't disagree. I, like I disagree with people that kneel against the against the flag or kneel whenever the national anthem is playing because he's had fam- he has he had people in his family like his great uh, grand grandfather. You know, he fought in World War II, and you know, he's had other people in his family that's come that came up through the military and he finds it disrespectful when he sees like you know other players in the NFL kneeling kneeling against the flag and and but at the same time I felt like yeah it, it's okay if you say those things but this wasn't the time to say that because that, that, that it, like it was like you yeah like it's okay to have mm-hmm. your own opinion but it's the wrong time to be having your own opinion about about things like that because 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 what's going to happen is that the focus is going to get shifted on you and people are going to be, you know, look at looking at you and criticizing you and, you know, saying like, oh, how can you how can you say that, especially with what's going on in the country?
1: Absolutely. And here's what I meant when I said he did the right thing. He did the right thing by first off writing and writing off an apology by issuing his apology. Mm -hmm. He did that. Now I'm not saying that he did the right thing by trying to save face. Now that that was a given. So I say what he has going on, he had it coming when he was trying to save face. I mean, come on, that he was a little out of pocket, yeah, a little bit, was a little out of pocket. I'm not saying that he was just full blown disrespectful. I mean, I can understand his family history. I mean, it's okay. I can understand why he would say that. But the point is, dude. Don't say something like that in a time of um, turbulence. Mm -hmm. You just don't say it. There's a time for everything. And the time to say that, that was the completely wrong time. And honestly, even me growing up, and I'm going to be 20 very soon, I have learned that you have to know better. And as a grown man, from one grown man to another, you should know better, dude. I'm just going to say that right now. And it goes for anybody who wants to bring up those points. Yeah. There's a time and place for everything. Mm. Hold your tongue. It's okay. I know it may irk you a little bit, but you just don't say that, especially when people were already, you know, kind of grieving, angry, upset, confused, fearful about 2020 and what's been going on. And this injustice just keeps happening time and time again. You don't say anything of the sorts. If you're going to agree with someone, agree with them. Just Don't just do it for media or social media. It, don't, don't do that. Agree with them because you know you're a human being as well. You, yeah. know, what I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Uh, like, you know, I, I feel like you know, Drew Breesy kind of let his pride get the best of him at that moment. Absolutely. And, you know, with him, like, being in the NFL, like, NFL is already a predominantly black sports league. And knowing that, you know, with him playing on the New Orleans Saints, you know, like, that's, like, New Orleans is a city of predominantly black people, so most of that fan base is already black. And you also, mm-hmm. like, and also, like, your his coaches and teammates, most of them are black. And knowing that Drew Brees, he's the star player of the Saints and is just the star player and kind of like the face of New Orleans, you know, it really sets a bad precedent on who who he is and him holding on to his values so deeply, especially around this time. And, you know, like, yeah, you know, again, like you have to like he like and he owned up to it. He like he said he was wrong. I, he said like what he said wasn't very insensitive, especially what was going on. Mm-hmm. He's willing to stand behind the black community as much as he can.
1: But again, you know, and that's very and that's very brave of him to do to admit that he was wrong. Not every man does that.
0: Oh yeah. You know? yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, some of us guys, you know, we're gonna like try to really prove that we're right because you know it's our pride. You know, and it's a little bit of an ego issue, but you know, sometimes we gotta real men put their pride to the side. And admit to what's going on. So yeah. what's really going on behind the scenes. Like, like, and I'm actually glad he did that.
0: Yeah, like for, like for the past few days, I thought like, oh, man, if he keeps this up, he's going to get canceled. And like, you know, it might, <laughs> might, might lead into one thing. It might, might take him out
1: of the season he might, if he, he kept, uh,
0: uh, like, yeah, you know, Like, it, you know, like he, he cleaned up his mess. Like, that, that's all that matters. He cleaned it up.
1: Mm-hmm. And he was very discreet. That's what really impressed me. He didn't make it like a full-blown media issue, because mm-hmm. that would have been a catastrophe not only for him but for his family as well, mm-hmm. like to the legacy, you know? Yeah, I mean,
0: it dates back to, you know, kind of kind of going back in the NASCAR bit. You know, again, like a few months back when uh, the Kyle Larson uh, fiasco happened when he said the N word on uh, this is back when NASCAR was still doing iRacing to kind of mm-hmm. you know still bring out more content since like you know racing was on hold for a few months and you know kyle larson going back uh, saying like saying the n-word on on i-racing stream and have in him being canceled pretty much pretty much canceled by the nascar world you know, mm-hmm. it, it kind of it, it kind of set set that you know title of nascar like, oh nascar still races but i feel like with so many drivers starting to speak out more about social injustice and kind of breaking out that shell of vulnerability because yeah, like, like, and I, I see it a lot, I mean, I've been watching NASCAR since I was, since I was a little baby. And <laughs> I, and it's rare, it's rare when I see like the uh, drivers now speaking about, about social injustice. But again, I feel like with the sport starting to become more open to diversity and uh, like there's a lot of, you know, very, you know, there's a lot more people of color starting to come into the sport as much. I mean, like we've had a Mexican driver, we had a Colombian driver, like now we have a black Mm -hmm. driver. And, you know, yeah, just the sport starting to come out more and starting to be be more diverse down the line. And like, and it's going to be diverse more in the future. I mean, I know drivers, like drivers of color that are coming up and I feel like have Mm -hmm. a pretty good shot at racing in the Cup Series. And, you know, and I just feel like with what Boba Wallace has been doing and what he's been saying and and even like him, like I feel like you know, as a black driver, you know, it, it, he kind of like like I I I almost thought that NASCAR wasn't going to say anything about it, but you know, like like NASCAR proved me wrong. Like yeah, like hey, like even though mm-hmm. we, we may not be seen as a very like diverse sport, or you know, our fan base may be still be very conservative, we're still mm-hmm. a organized sports organization that's still willing to speak out about social injustice and and like you know like with nascar posting their little message like you know like a message that all other sport leagues and other sports teams have been posting about about the george floyd incident it definitely should give nascar a little bit more respect as far as speaking out about these topics and using bubble Wallace as an ambassador as a uh, as an activist on social justice in sports as Mm -hmm. well as in society and i you know i just feel like yeah this is like, th- this is kind of his moment, and,
1: you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm actually glad that Bubba Wallace was speaking out against this, because as a black NASCAR fan, I was actually kind of wondering if, you know, the overall NASCAR world was going to chime in on it. And it shocked me. It really shocked me. I yeah, was like, wondering wow. that, too. I was like, well, what are they going to say? Hopefully mm-hmm. it won't be anything wrong, because I, I was kind of holding my breath a little bit. I was like, hmm. But then when he started to bring up valid points and and really valid arguments, even I couldn't challenge, I thought, oh, wow. He, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And what I really liked was, you know, in his conversations, how they were both agreeing. They weren't really trying to argue with each other. They both gave, like, different viewpoints from their perspectives, and everything started to come together. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. This is the Ty. This is the Ty Dillon Bubba Wallace chat that you're talking about, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I I I watched that chat, and you know, and I I definitely appreciate that there are some drivers that are coming out about it, and because like like to be honest, like the like the white drivers that you see, they don't need they don't they. I feel like you know if they're white, you know, they're probably not going to you know, feel the need to speak out about it. But the fact that they're kind of you know having to speak out about it because. Again, like you've seen the protest on TV, you know, you see like you're seeing like white, black, Mexican, Asian and, you know, a lot of other a lot of other ethnicities coming together, speaking about like this whole whole issue. And and, you know, like and I also want to go back to what George Floyd's uh, daughter said, like George Floyd's daughter said that my daddy changed the world. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this like he actually did. Like, yeah, like I mean, really rest, like, rest in peace, uh, George Floyd. But man, like that guy, like just, just what happened to him and just having him being another victim is already kind of putting in place of what we'll expect in the future. Like we're going to expect stricter laws on police officers if they, if their intent is to kill, uh, to, uh kill black people. And we're like, they're also going to be coming down, down on harder if they are, you know, using like using their badge and their gun for, you know, for granted as as far as like, you know, showing like racial discrimination and just
1: showing uh, injustice toward people of color. Mm -hmm. And on that note, even the UK is starting to crack down on it. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, oh. I
0: I mean, the UK, like they are, like the UK already Mm -hmm. have strict gun laws and,
1: you know, know, you know, I don't play. Yeah, but with the law, you know, with people who participate in the law organization, they're really cracking down on even political officials, even political officials, which I had just found out about. And my friend who's back in Chattingham, which is in which is in England, who he told me that, you know, the protest has escalated to a whole nother level. Mm. And one and one of his friends had a sign that says the UK is not innocent either. Mm. So historically speaking, they've been known to have This kind of problem for many years. Oh, yeah. And now that George Floyd, please forgive me and may you rest in peace, you know, has passed on, the world has just basically cracked and said, enough. Mm -hmm. Not again. And that's what amazed me the most. I felt like everybody who's actually coming in, they're really young, like they're your age and mine, if not younger. And I'm actually, you know, having a hard time understanding of why now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And, like, you know? You know,
0: like, all, like and especially with the leaders having the, you know, like, you know, like, the, like the, they're, they're going to be the ones to sign off on this petition. And, and like, and I I, I was actually having a conversation with my, with one of my professors uh, yesterday. And like, we, we were talking about the George Floyd incident and, you know, she gave her take and, you know, I gave, I gave mine. And I feel like, for people that are showing anger at, at these protests, like, and really like, well, I mean, really the people that are showing the most anger are the rioters and the looters. But mm-hmm. for what I say to those rioters and those looters, don't show your anger by breaking windows or by, you know, stealing stuff that isn't yours or by trying to beat up on police officers. Show your anger by going out and voting.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: like I'll, I'll say this, the one mistake that America allowed us us people to do is to give us the right to vote. That's the, I mean, like because in some other countries they don't do that. They they, they don't have like a, a, a like a like a, like a democratic government that allows you know, to vote somebody into office. I mean, is really by you know like just uh, just like upbringing, like your legs. I mean, like uh, the UK mm-hmm. for example, like they they never had a they never had a vote like uh, like a process of voting. They always had a, had a part. Now, I'm not saying that there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with parliament. I mean, hey, like, if that's how you want, want to run your country, go ahead. But again, like, no, don't, like, when these issues like this pop up, don't show your anger by going out and destroying stuff. Go, go show mm-hmm. your anger by voting the right guy and right guy or the right woman in office. You know?
1: And use the system to your advantage as well. Mm-hmm. Use your ability to articulate your thoughts and use the pen, because the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm-hmm. and I also noticed you know with social media I mean there are so many platforms to spread the word on everything that's going on mm-hmm. so if you're going to be angry, use your anger in the right way exactly
0: that's, that's all That's all we're trying to say like yeah because like this whole week I've been seeing social media, people that I know on social media been able to spread awareness by hey like Go sign this petition, or hey, do- donate money to this relief fund for George Floyd or to Breonna Taylor, or you know, Sandra Bland, or like, or any victim of mm-hmm. uh, police brutality. Go donate to these fund fundraisers that are going on, and you know, even like for the for the small businesses or the local shops or the, the black-owned businesses in certain cities that were destroyed by the riots and the looters. I mean, to be honest, like that act, that like the rioting and the looting kind of added salt to the wound to these black-owned businesses and their in these like small local businesses because you know, COVID-19, mm-hmm. is, COVID-19 has really been hit, hitting them hard, but like, like, but again, like riot, rioting and the looting has been adding salt to the wound to their financial woes during COVID-19. And the fact mm-hmm. like, and like, I actually actually also want to bring that up too. the fact that people are willing to protest during a pandemic. I mean, that shows power. I mean, mm-hmm. people are risking their health. To go out and march in, march in these streets, hold up signs and chant, I can't breathe, even in a pandemic. I mean, if that doesn't send a bigger message, I don't know what will.
1: Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Here's a question that I have. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't the coronavirus spread only through droplets from an infected person if they sneezed or cough? Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty certain it can't be spread through touch, only through moisture. Oh.
0: God. And like yeah, even with that, like people are still wearing masks at, at these protests and just still uh, practicing six feet. But well, like I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if again I, I can say that for everybody. I don't think everybody's been practicing the six feet thing, but they they've been still. So, I mean, they've been think, making like, the attempts, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah, they're, like they're trying to. But again, like the, like the large number, like like the large number of people are coming to these protests, it's kind of hard to social distance because, you know, again, like like the 17,000 people that showed up in Oakland uh, for the Solidarity March uh, earlier this week, there, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a big crowd, but again, it was hard for us to kind of social distancing, but again, like me and my mom, we were trying to do our best to try to social distance, but, you know, like, I, mm-hmm. I, again, like, it's like, there, there, are, there are people still, you know, being aware of the, like, the other big issue that's happening in the world while still trying to fight the good fight. Oh mm-hmm. we got we got to give props to those people as well,
1: and props to the youth too. I mean,
0: oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, actually, gotta, I gotta give them credit. I mean, you're arguing against everything your your family has tried to talk as your family has tried to teach you, and you're saying, "Well, no, that's wrong." They're finally using the ability to question what they have been taught. I mm-hmm.
0: actually know. I I actually want. I, I actually kind of left out one thing about the about the protests um, uh, that happened on Monday uh, in Oakland. Well, the one thing <laughs> that actually left out is that that protest that was organized, it was actually organized by a by youth. Like there, I think like, man I, man, I forgot the dude's name, but the, the guy that, pro, that organized the protest and that was like issuing flyers and telling people to spread the word, he's, he's actually from Oakland and he's a first year student at UCLA. And yeah, and like he's all he's also even had other people from that were like that go to high school here in Oakland, like mm-hmm. like come up to the podium and kind of give their piece and tell people, hey, you know, this needs to stop and like, yeah, I'm glad everybody's mm-hmm. coming out to protest. And I mean it was a uh, it was organized by the youth, which is very powerful. And on top of mm-hmm. that, they were putting a huge emphasis on telling people, hey, we're here to have a peaceful protest so for anybody that's thinking about going out rioting and looting don't do it because we're here to have a peaceful protest and not destroy stuff and Mm -hmm. you know yeah like the fact that it was well organized and the youth actually put all this together in a short amount of time it definitely shows the rising generation that that is going to be present in this country in in the years to come
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely I mean you even have nascar stepping in now and i'm thinking this is gonna be great
0: yeah yeah definitely and but yeah and like even with uh other and the sp- fact
1: that kyle bush is winning instead is gonna be stepping in i mean it's gonna be some real interesting results
0: i gotta admit <laughs> yeah and like even with like the, the sports world speaking out about this you know there's you know, like yeah, everybody's got to have a say in this. I mean, this is this this isn't a like. I remember one person said this isn't really a a black person issue. It's more of a a world issue.
1: Yeah, and
0: yeah, like and yeah, on yeah, some. And I was just it,
1: about to say it's not really a race thing. It's a people thing because yeah. some people just fail to progress.
0: Yeah, like yeah, and like yeah, like in in some terms, yeah, it is more than a black like a black versus white issue. This is a this is about people. Because yeah, like yeah, there, there's been times where you know there's been other ethnicities they've clashed with like you no know, given racism to you know a different race and you know there hasn't been like a like a worldwide movement about it. But again, I felt like you know just with, with George Floyd and just the impact that he's had, like his post post uh, humanist uh, post humanistic impact that he's had is is definitely putting into the eyes that. Well, yeah, like there, there are things that need to change, and the fact that, people like there's black people in this country, living off the 400 years, of some some form of slavery, there there is going to be change. Like I I know there's going to be change. Then like yeah, mm-hmm. like me like me and you being me and two 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 black college students, like we're 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 already seeing the change uh, with our own eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: when we have, and if we decide to have children, we might as well just tell the story like it is. Like, hey, right. this and, happened, and, and like, this yeah, is and what it, took place.
0: Yeah, and it, like, and it, it's my prayer that, like, when like by the time I have kids, and by the time I'm raising my family, that my kids won't have to experience the stuff that me and you are experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. You know? because like, yeah, like I, I, I would hate to see my kids, like you know, go go to school and, you know, come home and saying, like, like telling me like, oh, there's this kid that called me the n word. I mean, like, I would hate, I would be devastated if my kids told me that. And mm-hmm. knowing that I've I grow, grown up in that era where I've had to hear that word, like, spoke, like, uh, spoken to me in a very derogative term. I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, again, like, I, I just, I just, I like, I, I want this to be the protest to end all protests toward police brutality. And towards social social injustice, mm-hmm. yeah. Like mm-hmm. this has like this Absolutely. has to be the, like this has to be the one because there's been so many of them that like by like we're in 2020, like this, mm-hmm. like this has to be the one that ends it all.
1: Absolutely, like, and there's even like different organizations that are predominantly African American, such as the NAACP mm-hmm. and NAGA, NAAGA which NAGA is the National African American Gun Association. Mm -hmm. They're even putting in their input on, you know, this violence has to stop. It has to, it's it's 2020, there's no place for that here. And it only, you know, tries to give us input on being peaceful, but it also says, you know, we also have a right to the Second Amendment as well. Mm -hmm. So if we were to take advantage of the Second Amendment right now, would that change would that change society in oh, 2020 no it
0: probably would I mean yeah like, I mean I, I think what scares a white a white person more is seeing a black person with a gun I mean like yeah that's i I, I mean like that that's already been seen and uh, the result of that is is we, like, because we're, we're we're never the ones that that fire the first shot
1: and, and that brings but, up my point
0: yeah like, I mean yeah yeah you, you make a valid point there And that, that brings
1: up my point. I mean, you can't really expect a certain group of people to, you know, try to just shrug off what happened and, you know, handle it later. No, 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 no. You see, we're a different kind of group. We're a different generation. Now, I don't know what the last generation has taught the world, but this generation is teaching, you come at us, we come at you. Mm-hmm. So, if it's a ricochet effect, do not be offended because we have the right to defend ourselves both peacefully and non peacefully. Now, I'm not saying that everybody should just go grab a gun and, you know, start wreaking havoc. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm simply saying that enough is enough. Mm. There's a limit. And you should know better that there's a limit to what you can do. And what your conduct will lead you to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also have kids in our generation that are growing up saying this, and it makes me feel sorry for them in a way because, you know, there have been countless people who worked so hard to, you know, try to make this situation to almost no exist, non existent. And now that it's happening again. It's just a massive boom of protests and Second Amendment. I mean, good grief!
0: Again, like I, I saw that all fifty states and eighteen different countries were involved in this protest. Like I said before, this has to be the one that, like that, uh, that this has to be the protest that ends of all, all protests. Protests. This has to be the one. I don't. I, I don't care if. Like, yeah, like, like, I mean, I don't care if we have to get another president. I don't care if we have to, you know, like do everything that we have that we're told to do when we go out and protest. All mm-hmm. I'm just saying is once all of this is over and once these, these petitions get agreed, agreed on by Congress and when, you know, there's like these state legislators like pass, pass these legislative orders for police departments and, you know, a lot of, uh, and like a lot of like you know, organizations that, that are evicted or that suspects of in jo- social injustice. Mm-hmm. Once this protest is over, and once this movement has come to a conclusion, this has to be no more. I don't want to see, like, after this is over, I don't want to see another George Floyd, another Breonna Taylor, another Sandra Bland, another Trayvon Martin mm-hmm. ever again.
1: Not another Eric Garner either.
0: Yeah, not another Eric Garner either. None of it ever again. Think of the past, put it in the books,
1: end it all, and let this be the moment to mark down in history as well. Especially for all of us college kids. I mean, this is this is something that's way out of the woodwork. First, we had to move out of our dorms at the last minute, mm-hmm. and now this. Yeah, I mean, like well, once once
0: the country started to relax on on the COVID nineteen uh, guidelines, staying in the six feet and social distancing and restaurants being like reopening again it it shocks me that George like what happened to George Floyd is the first thing that I see when the country is starting to reopen slowly
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean I don't know I I guess like I like I I I guess racism was kind of like being locked locked up in a uh, in a house and once once it gets back out George Floyd is the first is the first victim
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: hopefully the, the first victim and the last victim of uh, of race, the very last, yeah, the
1: very last. And, and you know, and on along those notes, to be a black NASCAR fan is like being a unicorn.
0: Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> you yeah know? It, like we're like dude, dude, like we're we're we're, like, we're almost kind of like a we're, endangered we're, species. Yeah, we're, we're kinda, <laughs> kinda like we yeah, we're kind of like a mythical creature. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, we're, we're like we're like a mythical creature, like.
1: You know, people want to believe mm-hmm. it, but
0: they can't see it. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and I don't think anybody thought that it would be possible either. Like, what? Yeah.
0: You're a black NASCAR fan? How? Wait,
1: where did you grow up?
0: Yeah, I know. You know, I the you know, neighborhood I was, as everybody else. <laughs> I, I, I was. It was funny because I know coming up in high school. Like, I don't think um. I don't think people really knew that i liked nascar a lot because right you know high school you know like i, I was growing up playing baseball and you know i was mm-hmm. in my, I, I my springs and my summers playing baseball
1: and mm-hmm.
0: you know i actually to be honest i never really had any time to watch i watch the races because i was out playing playing games on the weekends but you know i always had that deep passion for the sport and i've always followed it since i was a kid and you know again the same with baseball like, like i love like i love nascar just as much as i love baseball and, mm-hmm. but it, it always surprised, but whenever I had these conversations about people, like I know, like recently, you know, I tell people like, yeah, I'm going to school for sport management and hopefully by the time I graduate, you know, I want to, I want to uh, get a job either working in NASCAR or, or baseball. I kind of get a, like whenever I bring up NASCAR, I kind of get a funny look because like, mm-hmm. they, they look at me like, oh, wow, NASCAR, that's very, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't really like <laughs> people that watch NASCAR or even work in NASCAR, but you know, I'm surprised even, you didn't like, get the head tilt. Like what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but, but you know, I always I tell people, like, no, you would be surprised. I mean, there is, like, NASCAR is starting to come up in diversity more. Like, I, mm-hmm. I
1: um, there's a there's even in a, their, um, even in the pit crews and the crew chiefs. Oh I'm yeah, just yeah, like, definitely. Wow, the this is great.
0: I mean, yeah, I see, I see some, I see some black folk uh, working, working in pit crews, and yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you know, you, you see it, but. Again, it's not being, it's not being captured that much, much, but, um, I, you know, mm-hmm. like w- when I was having my, uh, my conversation with, uh, my, my, like my professor, uh, yesterday, uh, she told me, well, actually, no, she, she told me this before. She, she actually works in the, in the, like, the, like in the training, in the training part for officials for the NAS for NASCAR's drive for diversity program. Like she, she mm-hmm. works on like the, the race official side, as far as, you know, training officials that come in and, and you know, they're trying to look for a job. Like being being one of the officials in of NASCAR, and yeah, she's told mm-hmm. me herself. Like, yeah, like you know, Mike Helton and Steve Phelps, like you know, the like the head chairmen of NASCAR. They're de- they they've been definitely trying to push for more diversity in the sport. It's just been so hard to because how because the way that the media does it, the media kind of propo- promotes NASCAR in a in a very negative a negative way. Because um, I remember when the uh, when the Kyle Larson situation happened. Uh, like uh, I I went to ESPN and all ESPN was talking about was like, oh, well, you know, NASCAR has kind of always been racist in some form, but they never mentioned like what ESPN never mentions is their past relationship with NASCAR. Like back, like back in the eighties and back in the nineties when, Mm -hmm. when NASCAR was like one, one of the biggest sports in America, like ESPN would cover NASCAR races uh, on a seasonal basis. I, I remember like from the early 2000s to all the way up until 2014, NASCAR would be or like ESPN would be the broadcast broadcasting station that would cover the cha- the chase for the cup or or the NASCAR mm-hmm. playoffs as they call it now. But ever since NASCAR ended their relationship with ESPN or or, or it might be vice versa, I maybe mean, ESPN ended their relationship with NASCAR because, you know, NASCAR later after 2014, NASCAR Later, later move move their TV contract with just both Fox Sports and NBC. but mm-hmm. ever since NASCAR ended their relationship with ESPN, ESPN has had like this negative uh, negative backlash on yeah negative promotion on NASCAR like really the only time I see NASCAR on ESPN nowadays is either when a driver wins a championship or when a racial issue happens in the sport.
1: And that's a sad yeah, point. and what's really interesting is that, you know, they're really trying to reach out to, you know, other kinds of kids, like, you know, yeah. hey, you know, you can literally get paid to drive. We can teach you how to drive. Yeah. So why don't you just come on over? And, you know, some of us kids, you know, we'd be skeptical, like, hey, you know, I don't really know if I want to drive. What if I want to pursue a career in a doctor? You can do that, too. We'll help you. Just come on and drive with us. I mean, we can teach you how to drive. We can teach you how to fix your own car. I mean, there are so many endless possibilities. I mean, shoot, if I were to get, if NASCAR were to reach out to me, I would literally hit them back in a heartbeat. Like, no problem. So
0: would I. You know,
1: I'm going to have to learn everything. I'm going to have to, like, relearn everything about the engine and the brake pads and, you know, the the fuel chamber and the combustion chamber as well, but still that's like means and opportunity. And it's really cool because Mm. you not only get um, NASCAR to sponsor you, but you get sponsorships from every Fortune 500 company, including Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, AutoZone. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Even Eminem. mm -hmm. Not the rapper.
0: You know, know, uh, I've actually (laughs) wanted to speak on that too. I, I mean, could you imagine if like we had more diversity in nascar i mean imagine if he had like a you know a young cool black kid coming up i mean like i'll, I'll use this i'll use this guy for an example so um okay i i actually used a picture of uh, of this kid that's been coming up through through the nascar rankings their driver for diversity program for mm-hmm. a case study project that i was doing in my sport management class um uh, the kid's name is actually his name is uh Raja Karouf. he's a you know, he's an 18-year-old kid. He actually just graduated from high school. He's from he's from Washington D.C. and um wait,
1: didn't he race in the Rookie Cup Series for the um uh,
0: what was it? He was
1: he was um, racing um
0: he he was racing legend cars like well yeah he, he yeah
1: yeah yeah that he, one.
0: yeah he was racing legend cars like I I think he still does but um but yeah like yeah he's been coming up through the uh through the through the NASCAR rankings. Uh, pretty slowly and like, yeah, he, like you know, he's, he's still a kid. He's 18. He's about, you know, he's about to go to college. But um mm-hmm. he, but the way, but how he got his start in NASCAR was uh, through iRacing. And, uh, you know, for, for any NASCAR fans that are watching or, or that are listening, uh, for the past few months, you know, since the COVID-19 pandemic started, NASCAR has been able to still uh, produce content through the iRacing simulator that actually has been around since about the late 2000s when it got when it when it got initiated and then it started mm-hmm. like grow popularity around the world. It wasn't just NASCAR that was you know partnering up with iRacing. It was like other like racing leagues around the world like IndyCar, uh, IMSA, Formula One, Formula One, uh, like the the VA Supercar Series in Australia. Like every or like even like World of Outlaws, like like the Sprint Car Series, like all the major mm-hmm. uh, like even like you even had like major tracks like like Daytona, Sebring, uh, Le Mans, like. Even like all the major tracks around the world, they've been partnering with iRacing to kind of grow the brand of, of motorsports as a whole. And you even have drivers that are coming up through—they're um they're actually using iRacing as a tool to help them, you know, like like study tracks or like get get uh, practice time in. Because you know, mm-hmm. like NAS- like NASCAR is—it's it, already a very expensive sport to get in to begin with. I mean, like. It, it's almost kind of like baseball in a sense i mean like with me growing up playing baseball baseball in some cases has been like a pay-to-play sport where you kind of have to pay your way in to play on like the the top travel teams and you know spend like like over a hundred dollars and like thousands of dollars going to showcases and going to combines to get seen and get recruited by colleges with nascar is kind of the same thing you know you like you have to have like, especially
1: dirt bike racing too. You have to literally get a license just to start racing by the time you're like maybe eight or nine.
0: Mm-hmm. You also have to get sponsorships too. I mean, the one thing that's going to keep you at the top in any form of racing is sponsorships. And you do that by mm-hmm. network. I mean, like like I, I like one of my goals is to try to get Raj, Raj to come on our podcast so I can have a talk with him. But, um, that would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, I would, I would really hope if we could get them on, like, that would be so dope, but, um, but yeah, like NASCAR has kind of always been that sport where you have to kind of pay your way in where, you know, you, you have to like get sponsors and, you know, like the only way you're going to fund the race team is through the sponsorship money. That's, that's, you know, that, that sponsor that your sponsors are going to invest, invest, in. and you know, like, in if you're, if you're not, well, actually no, let, let me backtrack, like. The investment of the sponsor is what's going to help you compete and what's going to help you stay stick around the sport.
1: And, and everybody knows that sponsorships also, you know, kind of help cover the costs of like equipment and en- mm-hmm. and engine replacements as well, especially when you're doing body and fender work. That's going to take like time, and sometimes it could take less than two weeks. Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Like and but um, what what I racing has actually been allowed to do is actually been kind of eliminating that um that process of like kind of having like a grassroots format of like still building your race team from the ground up through sponsorship money alone what mm-hmm. iRacing is allowed to do is it actually allowed for, um these big name like big name race teams like joe gibbs racing like uh hendrick motorsports Stuart haas uh, junior motorsports uh you know a few other uh, big name racing teams it is actually iRacing has actually allowed those teams to go go out and recruit like you know well-known iRacing drivers i mean Na- NASCAR was actually able to establish its own like like its own affiliation uh, uh, series just for iRacing. racing. I mean, like there there's iRacing racing drivers that are are being are that are like being titled as pro like i racing drivers through esports. Like esports, mm-hmm. like esports has actually been very very involved in in motorsports, like particularly NASCAR and trying to just grow the sport to a younger audience and even trying to. Like you know, build more diverse. I mean, there's a few there's a few black drivers that I know that, that are coming up through NASCAR, through through iRacing, and like and what with, with what iRacing does, it kind of allows you know for uh, drivers that want to aim for a career racing racing in in motorsports, it's allowing them to get more exposure and also show their talent of what they can do behind the wheel, and you know mm-hmm. I feel like that's like if, if that's where the sport is, and it
1: gives go. them more promotion too
0: yeah and, and i feel like if that's what, what what the sport is going to be going as far as recruiting drivers then you know they they get like they just have to keep it going because uh like one driver in, for example like for example uh william byron uh william byron mm. he, he drives a 24 car for hendrick motorsports and you know he's also a you know he's also a student at liberty university he like like he said himself that he didn't grow up in racing in particular like he didn't know anybody like usually like another thing about another thing about ra- racing too is that you kind of have to know somebody to get into the sport. It's either you know you have a you have like a distant relative that runs a race team, or maybe like you're a second generation or a third generation driver that's trying to get a start in the sport. And like you have an, if you have like a name like Petty or like Earnhardt or Gordon, you know that, that could kind of you know like build, like give you the pathway into trying to get and get get like a big name ride and um but yeah but I feel like it's being it's being very different and also like so just to related to trying to get more diversity in NASCAR like for 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 black for for black drivers that are trying to get in you know iRacing is really going to be the key for them because you know like like with you know like just with like any situation like with any sport you know there's there's you know you have these black kids coming up and you know like they come from impoverished backgrounds and You know, like they have families that probably can't fund fund them as much as far as participation participation in sport. But I feel like for NASCAR to grow grow their diversity their diversity talent pool, they need to put more emphasis on i racing as far as recruiting drivers. I mean, like you like you Mm -hmm. give a kid like like you give a kid a steering wheel, a computer, and some pedals. Like trust me, like you you have like you start them young like they're going to love it and they're going to want to Oh, absolutely. They're, gonna wanna do they're it just going
1: to think of it as another video game. Right. It is a video game.
0: But it's it's a video game in a sense where it could help you build a career in, in
1: racing. I mean, I think that's the best idea that anyone could have ever developed. I mean, iRacing is kind of like, you know, that nice little starter point. It's kind of like a building block on your way up. And it might not be as quick as you want it to, but at least you're doing something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To pursue that kind of career, especially, you know, dealing with cars that are damn near aerodynamically flying. Mm-hmm. My brain was damn near. I mean, you could, the engines that they work on are superb, especially Toyota. I mean, Chevy, eh, they can use a little work, but Toyota, They actually have a fuel efficiency software that actually includes the algorithm of how much fuel can be consumed from one lap.
0: Hmm. That that I didn't know.
1: (laughs) I didn't know that either. I mean, I was doing research last night. I didn't even go to sleep till like 5 a.m. And I was just like, wow, really? This is really cool. And the, the models of their car, you know, there's like a little bit of steel, but you also have to think about, you know, a little bit of copper as well. So it's kind of like a mix. Too. So that way a car can be lighter and you can just get a far faster, rate and half the time.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I see that.
1: All right. Yeah. But, um, yeah.
0: You know, I feel like for the sport to grow, they kind of have to have like that grassroots, um, grassroots upbringing through. Through like technology, just with the with, just i racing, and you know because it's it's like it's like any other sport. I mean, like every other sport. Like you know, say football. Like they, you start off playing mm-hmm. Pop Warner, and then like you kind of grow your way up into playing high school, and then hopefully college, and you make your way to the pros. Or, or like for baseball, you know, first mm-hmm. first time in baseball, you know, like it's t ball. Then you, you know go up to little league, and then hopefully you're playing high school, and then college, and the pros, and or basketball. You know, you play, you grow up playing AAU. I feel like for NASCAR to reach out to a much more younger population just to still increase their talent pool through certain aspects, not so much the, you know, like just the family, like the family association that some drivers do have, but for the drivers that maybe that not, maybe that probably don't know much about NASCAR, but want to learn more about it, like get them on iRacing and definitely like, you know, even, even for uh, mm-hmm. even for STEM, like, like for students that are, you know, in high school right now or, that are in college, that are like in STEM programs and going for school for that. I mean, like NASCAR, NASCAR is a sport that's built, built around engineering and built around science and technology. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, like like even mathematics. I mean, like with engineering, you know, there's some math that's involved. Like, like it's a number sport too. But, um, yeah, you know, I feel like you just kind of have to have that bigger emphasis on, just the engineering side as well as the, the youthful side because i know like video like video games that's a big market right now for for youth and uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and like nascar they could they could use i-racing as a tool to build off that video game market and like getting getting more getting more diverse faces, recruiting more drive recruiting more diverse drivers and just just getting the name out there and like they've been already mm-hmm. uh,
1: and the more and the more youth that come into the nascar racing the more promotion that they're going to get to a younger crowd to a younger audience and the more interest that's going to come into the nascar organization so that's like Mm -hmm. the and you get more diversity within the programs as well so that's already a given especially when you're trying to progress
0: right right and um yeah i actually kind of also want to go into uh just like me, a few few updates that are going on in the NASCAR world. Uh, I know, mm-hmm. like for for this weekend, uh, NASCAR is going down to Atlanta. They're doing a, they're doing the Xfinity race and the Cup Series race down there. I know tomorrow, the Xfinity race is happening, and like and like also Sunday, that's the Cup Series race. Both both uh, go uh, casting on Fox. So if you have Fox, make sure to check it out. But um, yeah, like you know, my 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 two guys, uh, mm-hmm. Noah Braxton and Chase Elliott uh Noah is going to be on the poll for the experience series and Chase Elliott's going to be on the poll for the cup series all like, mm-hmm. all by luck of the draw. So um yeah, that's that's going to be big and uh yeah, and I feel like Chase Elliott he's already developed a bit of a rivalry of Kyle Busch in in some way.
1: <laughs> um Oh yeah, Kyle's definitely going to crush him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know like like Chase Elliott he's been he's been on the up lately. I mean like ever since uh ever since Kyle Bush wrecked him at Darlington a few weeks back, Chase Elliott was actually able to bounce back with a win last week at charlotte and um yeah well, Kyle Bush he's been kind of falling back uh, lately, you know he hasn't really been having that many good top fives, that many good top ten finishes he' hasn't even uh, won a race yet, and he's kind of almost at that cut line of uh the of the playoffs, and you know obviously like with mm-hmm. series' first sixteen drivers make it into the playoffs and yeah, and like, again, just you know, with the playoff system being in format for like the past five, mm-hmm. past uh, five going on six years, you know, it's it's going to be crazy. And you know, like I feel like Chase Elliott, like he has the car for it. He's also, he's already been getting uh, getting some speed. And you know, Atlanta kind of being his hometown track, like Chase. Elliott, he's from Dawsonville, Georgia, uh, like about four hours away from from Atlanta. So it's going to be a hometown, like a homecoming race for him. And uh, yeah, you know, I feel like you know he he could come out with a win there, or made at least you know come out with a top ten, and uh, yeah, you know, like yeah, it's, you know, it's, it, I feel like this is this is NASCAR's year, like even with COVID nineteen happening, you know, um, like I feel like NASCAR is doing has been doing a great job, and they've actually been good putting on some really good races. I mean, like the like I, what, what I was expecting is that I was expecting like guys to be be you know be kind of rusty because you know, they've been spending the past three months playing a video game. But again, I feel like that their iRacing uh, experience is kind
1: of- tra- That just gave them more practice.
0: <laughs> yeah, like their iRacing uh, involvement has kind of been transferring over to the racetrack, uh, like the actual racetrack. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, I just like, I-, I feel like this is a good year for NASCAR.
1: Absolutely. And I'm actually hoping to see like the next Daytona too. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping to like see the next Daytona because whoever wins that one, with Jeff Gordon, if he's not retired, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. Yeah, and I think you know now that NASCAR is starting to like open back up, I'm starting to see you know a really a really bright future for the new upcoming NASCAR drivers as well, especially the rookies.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's there's been some uh, there's been some young guys uh, getting some speed recently. Actually, one guy that I kind of want to highlight mm-hmm. is uh, Alex Bowman. He's um. No, he like 88 car, race for Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, Alex Bowman, like he actually got a win earlier this year. Like this was uh, pre-COVID. Um, he like he got the win at Auto Club. And uh, yeah, it, it was only his second career win. I mean, like back in 2018, he got his first career win. Actually, no, no. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah it, it was. It, it was 2019, 2018. He got his first career win at, Sh- at Chicagoland. And uh, yeah, you know, he's been picking up some speed. And I feel like as far as the championship four is laid out, Alex Bowman, he's going to be like the wild card for the championship four. It's like he's a wild card because, you know, there's a chance that he that – he, like, like, like obviously you know, he, he's going to have a good run in the playoffs, but as far mm-hmm. as the championship four is concerned, it's going to be hit or miss if he can stay consistent with the top fives and the stage wins and, you know, just so there's a track performance, if he, could, if he can make it into the championship four going into Phoenix later on in the year. But uh, yeah, you know, like yeah, I, I feel like he's he's a guy to watch out for, you know, for um all the other guys that are trying to get into, a, compete for a championship this year. And again, like yeah, it's it's been a standings have actually been looking pretty interesting. I feel like the this is gonna be a good year for the playoffs because you know you got guys like you got like a lot of young guys that are starting to come up. You got a got some seasoned mm-hmm. seasoned veterans starting to you know, like, go after another championship. I know Kevin Harvick, Brad Kaselowski, mm-hmm. Joe Pagano. Like, those are, like, the key veterans that are, that are in the championship or, or playoff contention right now. And, you know, you even got a few young guys that are still kind of growing in the Cup Series, like Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman. And, uh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, there's, there's some guys that are, that are coming up. And, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a very interesting uh, playoff uh, for for NASCAR in the Cup Series side.
1: Absolutely, and NASCAR, you know, this year it's gonna it's gonna be on a pretty good standard. So I can only imagine how the playoffs are gonna turn out. I mean, these guys have had enough time and pretty much enough essence, pretty good, enough energy to go on i racing and just start practicing on the track. I mean, given the fact that they can practice on i racing, that's just gonna enhance the strategies even more, and it's gonna be a pretty pretty clean race. Now that I can see, yeah.
0: I mean, like yeah, Atlanta's a Atlanta's a bit of a rough track. I mean, it's uh, you know it's a little bit bumpy. I know actually, um, earlier today I was watching, watching the um, because like what what was a cool thing that NASCAR does on their Instagram account, like for every weekend when they when they have a race, they always uh they always bring in a driver that's had some experience at the track or has had like a win in the past at the track, and they actually do get them on iRacing and kind of give them. They 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 run like two like two or three practice practice laps and kind of give uh, viewers and fans an insight of what the track feels like and while they're actually you know turning laps on on the simulator, they're they're describing like, you know, like what's the what's the surface of the track like or, or like which lines are better to run, like you know what, what what do you like about the track what do you don't like about the track and yeah they give they give a lot of insight about the track that they're racing at and also promoting i-racing at the same time and it definitely shows Mm -hmm. it definitely kind of also promotes the realism that i-racing has compared to real life racing and i feel like that's one thing uh to promote as well when you're trying to recruit these drivers and when you're trying to encourage you know a more more people of color that want to get into the sport somewhere
1: absolutely absolutely and you know it's just great that NASCAR is finally opening up again and it's starting to try to, you know, reach out to um, like the, just the overall population of the crowd and a different kind of youth because everyone deserves an opportunity no matter what background you come from because NASCAR is full of people from all walks of life. So mm-hmm. I say go for it,
0: No, yeah, just definitely. go for it. Definitely. Yeah.
1: And, um... Oh man. <laughs> Are we? Are we still? Do we still have time?
0: Uh, actually, um, actually, uh, we we can rack up rack up pretty soon. Like, there's a there's a few other stuff that uh, also want to highlight. Um, oh yeah, go ahead. I, I know. Um, like, well, uh, well, probably for the past few races, you know, there there obviously there hasn't been any fans coming to the racetrack. But mm-hmm. I actually found out that this week, um, when when they do race at Homestead, I think Homestead is going to be after Atlanta, so it's going Homestead's going to be the following. <clears throat> They're actually allowing fans back at the track. So, but well, um, hey, that's great. Actually, but but there's there there's a catch to this. So, they they will they, they do they will allow fans, but it's going to be limited. So, but but what Homestead's planning to do, they're planning to allow five hundred uh, military uh, military veterans uh, and and their families at, at the racetrack for 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 the
1: Homestead race. Yeah, um, but wouldn't they all have to wear masks even when they're in close proximity?
0: I believe so. Again, like, I I, I think uh, they're going to be basing it off the, uh, off the laws that are like the social distancing laws that are put in place in Florida. They're probably going to be mm-hmm. it off of that, but, um, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, like, it's good that there, that there's going to, there are going to be, there's going to be some faces in the crowd, but, um, I don't know. You kind of mm-hmm. have to think about mm-hmm. what's going to be, uh, put into place as far as social distancing, but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I think good and, um, well, in addition to that, uh, Nashville, Nashville Super Speedway is actually going to be hosting a cup race next year on the 2021 season. Uh, I mean, that's
1: a pretty good track. Ooh-wee. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a actually, good track. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's one heck of a track. I I, I got to say that. I, I've actually been um watching some highlights of races at Nashville in the past. And yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, the Cup series, that's, that's a perfect try to do it. And I, I like, especially with the racing package that they have there already, you know, it's already mm-hmm. pretty good. So, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Hopefully we'll get to watch it together, man. Hopefully. Yeah. Hope, yeah hopefully
0: that, that does happen, man. Hopefully that does happen. Oh yeah. But, um, um, yeah, like, I guess, uh, we could wrap it up there. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it was great great seeing you again. Great having you on. Like, it was you know, great
1: seeing you too, man. It's good it's to, good to the, be back.
0: It's good to have the uh, the other half of the Real deal, Bros back on. And uh, yeah, man, yeah. Like, definitely look forward to doing more episodes with you in the future. Uh, yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah, man. I can't wait to do more. And um, we'll definitely come up with more content together as well. So, hey, don't forget to like and subscribe and comment and tell us what you think. We'll be more than happy to answer any questions that you have. Mm-hmm. I'm Terrell Bird, and this is my main man, Thor Hall, and together we are the Real Deal Bros. Yep. And as Y'all all always, have yourselves a great day, man.
0: Yep. And as always, make sure to keep it
1: real. Absolutely.